I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Nation podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs here with you. A delayed reaction to Iowa's 86-85 win over Indiana in women's basketball on Sunday afternoon. Uh, the finale of the regular season in the Big Ten. It was a game that uh, we all had circled on the calendar, especially after Indiana won a thrilling game at Indiana at Assembly Hall in front of a record crowd uh, a couple of weeks ago. Indiana, the class of the Big Ten, had wrapped up the Big Ten championship uh, because of Iowa's loss to Maryland earlier in the week, so that took some of the shine off the game, but uh, the game had plenty of shine on its own, man. What a, what a great basketball game. What a back-and-forth game. What a great showcase for uh, Iowa, for women's basketball in Iowa, for Lisa Bluter's program. We're going to get into all of that. Um, I, I regret not having had time to do this on Sunday. You know, I was uh, in the car with my kids as this game came to a close, and we were listening on the radio, and we all went nuts. And my son said, you know, Dad, I know you don't normally do podcasts for, for the women's games, but I I think you should probably do one for this one and, and he was he was exactly right I was unable to find the time on Sunday afternoon or evening so here I am on Monday afternoon uh, with a delayed reaction to just a fantastic win uh, capped off by the signature moment so far of Caitlin Clark's incredible career the her, her one shining moment the video they'll play when they award her national player of the year uh, all of those things uh, happened yesterday afternoon inside Carver Hawkeye Arena so let's talk about the game before we talk about kind of the showcase that was the entire day for Iowa and then uh, what comes next and, and what to what what lies ahead for this Iowa women's team where it feels like really I mean it feels like the sky's the limit right South Carolina is certainly the the best team in the country and I'm not sure how Iowa does against them on a neutral floor but uh, there's no team in the Big Ten that, that Iowa was afraid of and, and those are some of the best teams in the country Iowa can uh, can put itself right along with those teams as well what a game. What a game it was. It was back and forth. Every time Iowa jumped out to a lead, which seemed like often, uh, Indiana had an answer right away. It was uh, Iowa had a, a one-point lead at halftime, a, a three-point lead, I think, going into the fourth quarter, and, uh, and, and ended up winning by one. And this Indiana team is is fantastic. We saw it in uh, at Assembly Hall a couple of weeks ago. Grace Berger and company. Um 
they they're they're just a really really solid team and Iowa had again they they had an answer for everything Iowa had and Iowa was able to uh, kind of keep them at at bay for most of the game uh, right up until the very end when it looked like Indiana had taken the lead uh, with 1.5 seconds left to to win the game close out the season sweep of the Hawkeyes and uh, and really send Iowa into into postseason not feeling terribly or anything like that but with two straight losses that that would have been a tough thing to swallow even though you're playing against two of the better teams in the country uh, but Caitlin Clark erased all of that uh, much like the Iowa men did on Saturday where uh, kind of the whole game leading up to it becomes about this one ending this one thing that happened at the end and for the men it wasn't one thing it was you know five threes in the final 45 seconds but tragedy uh so much of this game will will be lost just in the Caitlin Clark shot, uh, but I don't want that to happen because this was a great game. Uh, it was a great game from Kate Martin, who had 19 points, three of four from three point land, shot the ball really, really well. From Monica Sinani, who you know had 13 points, but uh, was four of eight from the field, so a little off of her her normal, I guess, her her output. But uh, nine rebounds for Sinano, an assist, a steal, and uh, and and good defense for the most part. As well, you had uh, McKenna Warnock with eight points, Gabby Marshall with eight points, including a couple of three-pointers, Hannah Stolke a couple of points off the bench, Molly Davis a couple of points off the bench, and Caitlin Clark, 34 points, nine rebounds, nine assists, had one steal. You know, she has nine triple-doubles in her career, uh, which is more than almost anybody in the history of college basketball. I wonder if it's going to be like like one of those things. uh, You know, some of my favorite stats are, you know, Nolan Ryan has the most no hitters. He also has a ridiculous number of one hitters. Uh, Jack Nicholas has the most major wins. He also has a bunch of second places. How many times has Caitlin Clark come one or two stats away from a triple-double? 34-9-9. and nine. Uh, So just, just short of that triple-double. Um, and, and she didn't shoot the ball great. 12-22 from the floor. 4-12 of 12 from three-point land. 6-8 of eight from uh, the free-throw stripe. Uh, but she did enough. And, and you, we, you know, the stats don't always tell the whole story with Caitlin Clark and, and her ability to pass the ball, the, the nine assists, uh, her ability to, to keep her teammates involved and uh, and then to kind of carry that offense, to, to dictate what happens in that offense, the pace of the game, all of that stuff. Uh, she she just she played well, well enough to win, and uh, this is an Iowa team that feels good about itself going into the Big Ten tournament. Indiana played really well as well. I mean, they had four players with 16 or more points. That's that's pretty incredible. Grace Berger, who's a stud, uh, 16 points and eight assists, four rebounds to go along with that. Uh, Sydney Parrish, who's really, really good. I've been impressed with her. I've watched both of these full games. Uh, I think Indiana's the only other women's team I've seen two full games of. Um, so Sydney Parrish, 18 points. She had five rebounds, a couple of assists. Uh, you had Chloe uh, Moore McNeil, 18 points. She had three rebounds, three assists. Uh, Yarden Garzon only had seven points, but she had 14 rebounds for the Hoosiers. And, uh, and, and Mackenzie Holmes with 21 points, six rebounds, a couple of assists, a steal, a block for her, and a couple of big, big free throws at the end on a, a, a questionable call that we all probably would have been harping about had Caitlin Clark again not kind of erased the entire narrative uh, that happened before that because that... Kansas that State, final call uh, on it was a, a foul on Monica Sinano against Mackenzie Holmes uh, right at the end that that led up to uh, Indiana taking a two point lead and Iowa needing that three. Um, that was such a questionable call. So they inbound the ball with five seconds left 
And it felt like such a bailout. I mean, first of all, it looked like Mackenzie Holmes shuffled her feet, may have traveled. Uh, there was definitely some contact, but in that situation, I feel like a no call is is the way to go. But that wasn't the way it went. Uh, they gave the foul to Mackenzie Holmes. They gave her the ball at the free throw line. She hit both. And uh, and thankfully, they gave Iowa about .7 seconds back on the clock. I think, I think initially they had it at .8 seconds. Ended up being 1.5 seconds, which was just enough time for Kaitlin Clark to catch the ball and get a good shot at three. Um, and thankfully, we're talking women's basketball and not men's basketball. You know, women's basketball has different rules, and they seem to be better. I like the rules better. It's gotten to the point where college men's basketball is the only level of basketball that goes by halves. It's the only one that doesn't do quarters. High school, we get quarters. NBA, we get quarters. WNBA, women's college basketball. It's always quarters. It makes no sense to do halves. It's a better game with quarters. And it's a better game when you can advance the ball to midcourt. If that's a men's game, Iowa has to throw a baseball pass from the other baseline with 1.5 seconds left and hope that, you know, a Joe Wieskamp catches it and banks it and, and you get that win. Hope that Caitlin Clark is able to catch the ball cleanly, turn around, and just chuck it at the hoop. This was a better scenario, not just because Iowa made it, but because it makes for a more entertaining product, a more entertaining game. The quicker that the men adopt the women's rules, the better we will all be. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon because the men say, hey, there's nothing wrong with the product, right? The games are fine. Things are fine. They're not fine. It's better with the women's rules. It's better with four quarters. It's better with the advancement of the ball uh, to midcourt. That needs to happen. That that shot though for Caitlin Clark. Um, again, the signature moment so far of her of her Iowa career. And hopefully, it's not the signature moment of her Iowa career because hopefully, her Iowa career has a lot of big games left in it. Hopefully, this season has a lot of big games and big moments left in it. But uh, as we sit here right now, that is the play that that will be run, and it should be the play. Uh, although this certainly should have already happened, uh, it should be the play that makes her a shoe-in for National Player of the Year. Uh, Aaliyah Boston is a really good player on a great team. There's no question about that. Caitlin Clark is a transcendent player, and not just because of the kind of place she holds in the media landscape and when you talk about the growth of women's basketball, uh, but because she's doing it on the court. She does it in the biggest games. Uh, she, she does it consistently, more consistently than just about anybody. She's top 10 in 12 statistical categories, which is ridiculous. Uh, she's leading the country in assists. Um, she's not quite leading in points this year, but she did last year. Uh, she's close to it, and she's doing it all for a top 10 team that defeats top 10 teams, that competes for Big Ten championships, uh, and that is a, a, a as, as dangerous as almost anybody heading into the postseason. Caitlin Clark is your National Player of the Year, and uh, it's just a matter of, uh, getting that vote in at this point. Let's talk about what's coming up next and what this all means for the Iowa women. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
So Iowa wraps up the regular season 15 and three overall, or 15 and three in the Big Ten, rather, 23 and six overall. You know, I had those couple of losses, Kansas State, UConn, NC State back in uh, November and December, and it really felt like, hey, maybe this isn't the Final Four top five caliber team that, that we thought we had coming into the season. Well, they've, they've erased that thought, I think. Um, you know, have struggled with some of the best teams in the country, but that's what's going to happen. Those teams have all, also struggled with them. You know, you talk about a 29-point loss at Maryland or whatever it was, 28 maybe, but then you beat Maryland by 14 uh, at your house when, when you played them. And so uh, hopefully we'll get a rubber match between those two teams because that's how things line up in the Big Ten tournament, which is this weekend in uh, Minneapolis. It starts Wednesday evening or Wednesday afternoon, rather. Uh, but Iowa gets one of those double buys into the Friday games. And so your two seed Iowa Hawkeyes uh, got the two seed because they uh, beat Indiana and got the tiebreaker over Maryland. Uh, even though Maryland jumped them in the rankings, Iowa dropped in the rankings. Who really cares about that? The AP poll doesn't matter at this point. It never really did matter other than just kind of a way to keep track throughout the season. But now we're we're talking seeds. Iowa is the two seed in the Big Ten tournament. They will likely be a two seed in the big dance, uh, you know, short of a collapse here. And so that's that's what really matters. Iowa dropping from sixth to seventh in the AP poll or Maryland jumping Iowa in the poll rankings. No matter. Iowa jump Maryland in the AP or in the uh, the Big Ten uh, standings, at least as, as far as seeding goes. And that's what's important because now is the two seed. You play 530 on Friday and you play the winner of Wisconsin and Purdue. Uh, a game that you feel really comfortable with. Certainly if it's Wisconsin, a team that I was beaten, I think 27 times in a row, every matchup since uh, 2007. Uh, but Iowa, Iowa can beat Purdue as well and, and should do. Uh, if you're Maryland at the three seed or if Iowa had dropped to the three seed line, you get Illinois likely on Friday. And that's an Illinois team that already beat you once this year. And so uh, maybe just um, – Maybe a little less confident going into that game, but I feel good about Iowa on Friday night. A 5:30 tip again against either 10 seed Wisconsin or 7 seed Purdue, and assuming it goes to chalk, which it often does in these first few rounds of a of a Big Ten tournament like this, Iowa Maryland will be Saturday afternoon. Let's see, 1:30 will be the game between likely Indiana and Ohio State. And so that'll go to about 3:30 or so. 25 minutes after that, we're looking at a 4 4:15 maybe a 4.30 tip on Saturday afternoon, hopefully between Iowa and Maryland, hopefully the rubber match there. Uh, and hopefully Iowa is a little more game than they were over in Maryland or, or earlier last week because that was um, that was probably a wake-up call for the women. Um, they were outplayed. They were outcoached. They were out-toughed. Uh, Lisa Bluter said as much in the postgame. They just got beat up by a good Maryland team. So the rubber match will be important in Minneapolis on Saturday afternoon if, if it c- comes out that way. And then if you get past Maryland, you're likely facing Indiana, possibly Ohio State. Uh, but again, one of two really, really good teams. And again, you could have that rubber match with Indiana and uh, with the Big Ten Championship on the line. So that, that'd be a lot of fun. This sets up to be a really fun tournament. And uh, it'll all be this week up in Minneapolis. Again, likely a two seed in the big dance, I think, at this point. Uh, if you hold serve, even if you drop a game to Maryland, um, and so that means you're you're hosting games. The top four seeds in the women's tournament get to host games in the NCAA tournament. I was able to do that. Uh, lost to Creighton last year in front of a sold-out crowd in the second round. That was disappointing. But you love the opportunity for Iowa to put another sold-out crowd uh, back into Carver-Hawkeye Arena for a couple of more games this season. Iowa broke, I think, the Big Ten single-season attendance record with the sellout uh, on Sunday afternoon. 
and uh, and you like Iowa's chances against just about anybody, certainly against lower seeded teams when you're at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Got some news last week as well that that I haven't talked about here. Um, so you've got Monica Sonano who will uh, who will be done after this season. She's kind of on her final run here. Um, Warnock the same. She said she she's not going to use that COVID year. I think she wants to go to dental school, uh, and good for her for that. But you got some really good news in that Kate Martin and Gabby Marshall do plan to come back for a COVID year next season. Do plan to come back and and play again with Caitlin Clark. And so this Iowa team, uh, while not fully, uh, is is planning to run it back. So you know this Iowa team, this program under Lisa Bluter, not going anywhere. Uh, Stolke will be another year older. You got to expect her to take that kind of uh, big step that happens between year one and year two. And so. You, you like the future of this program. You like the future of this team as well. Uh, but there's a lot There's a lot still in front of them here to take care of. Uh, this week in Minneapolis, uh, the following weekend, or a couple of weeks from now, uh, at home, hopefully, uh, in Iowa City for the, the first couple of rounds of the big dance. And then, and then who knows? The sky's the limit. Is, is a Final Four possible? Absolutely it's possible. Is a national championship possible? Eh, maybe not. But you, you, like, you like the thought of Iowa having that opportunity to um, to get there and, and to play a, a good, really good South Carolina team. And so that that's another thing when you talk about seeding uh, for the NCAA tournament. If Iowa has a really good week here in Minneapolis, maybe brings home another Big Ten tournament championship, you get away from South Carolina in the, in the seeding. You don't want to be that last two seed or that first three seed where you'll get paired with South Carolina uh, for a chance to get to the Final Four. If you're going to see South Carolina, you want it to be in the last game. You want it to be as late as possible. I'm not afraid of any of these teams. Uh, certainly with what we saw, I'm not afraid of Indiana, although that Indiana team is a legitimately great team and uh, is going to be a tough out. All of these teams are going to be a tough out uh, for Iowa. But that, that's 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 the level that Iowa has put itself at. That's the level that Caitlin Clark and Lisa Bluter and Jan Jensen and this program and these other women uh, have set Iowa at. Uh, you are among the elite teams in the country now, and so... Your bar is set against those teams. It's going to be a lot of fun to see these next few weeks in postseason. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Take a step back and take a bigger look at kind of what the day was yesterday in Iowa City at Carver Hawkeye Arena for game day to show up. And and women's college game day isn't like men's college game day where they go every week. It's not like the football, which are both really, really cool experiences. And and I would love for men's college basketball game day to come to Carver Hawkeye Arena. And, And I love it when... Uh, college football game day is at an Iowa game. Uh, but the, the women don't do it all that often. They do it a handful of times a year. And so when they get to come to your town and you can really show out uh, what what women's basketball means to your school and your community, uh, how, how well it's supported and what these fans think, uh, that's a really, really cool thing. And according to all of the, the women who were there at game day, that was the case. Iowa showed out. Iowa, the fans, you guys did what you do best. You showed up at 10 a.m. You made that place rocking. You made it look great on TV. You made it sound great. I loved watching it. It was fantastic. And uh, and and so the crowd showed up for 
for game day. That was such a cool showcase for this program and for Iowa City. And then the crowd showed up again a couple hours later for that game, and they were loud and rocking the entire time. They were in it. They were a factor. They stayed in it right to the very end, got to celebrate that incredible win. Had Caitlin Clark run into the, the, the fans, to the crowd. That was so cool. Uh, what a cool showcase for, for Lisa Bluter and this program. And, and we're just so lucky as Iowa fans to have Lisa Bluter running this program. I mean, what she has done, obviously recruiting Caitlin Clark uh, was was wonderful and fantastic, and and she gets the credit for that. Um, but, you know, with Megan Gustafson just a few years ago winning National Player of the Year, Iowa has really put himself into a position where it can get a star like Caitlin Clark, who could have gone anywhere, who could have gone to UConn, who could have gone to Indiana and played for that team. Probably could have gone to South Carolina if she had wanted to. Why did she stay in state? It wasn't just so that her family could be there, although I'm sure that's a part of it. It wasn't just because uh, you know, she she wanted to, to stay close to home and, and do this in her home state and kind of represent women's basketball and all that she represents, women's athletes all over the world uh, in her home state. But a part of it was because she knew she could go to Iowa and accomplish the things she set out to accomplish. She could go to Iowa and compete for National Player of the Year, compete for conference championships and Big Ten tournament championships, and compete for things like Elite Eights and Final Fours and ultimately National Championships. Uh, she could do it all right here, and that's because of Lisa Bluter and Jan Jensen and the women who have built that program and the athletes who have come before her and the fans who were there 10 years ago when the place was half full and five years ago when it started to fill up a little bit and on Sunday afternoon when it was a rocking house and as good of as a, good of an atmosphere as you'll hear or see or witness or be a part of at any level of basketball anywhere. Uh, so shout out to everybody who who kind of helped build this program into what it is where now we're legitimately talking about it uh, on equal footing with the men's program and uh, and Caitlin Clark as you know maybe the most important athlete to ever play at Iowa maybe the most I mean she's a transcendent star Caitlin Clark is and that that's going to come with haters that's going to come with jealousy it's going to come with Cyclone fans popping off on Twitter about how they don't like her. Good. You're not supposed to like her. You have to respect what she's doing, though. You don't have to like her. But, man, if you're a fan of basketball, if you're a fan of women's athletics, if you have a daughter or sisters who you know are, are getting into sports, who want to be taken seriously as athletes, Caitlin Clark is a transcendent star. You have to respect what she's doing for the women's game for the University of Iowa, for basketball in general. She's getting, you know, tweets from Patrick Mahomes after the game. Uh, we've documented for a long time how often Kevin Durant and uh, LeBron James and other, you know, a lot of NBA players, a lot of athletes, just, you know, she is one of them. It's one of my favorite things about like seeing her interact with like Holly Rowe and some of the women on the college game day and some of the former, you know, athletes who are who are college basketball stars, who were college basketball stars, WNBA stars. You can tell the way that they interact with her is they've already welcomed her into their into their group, uh, into their echelon. They already consider her one of the elite athletes. They already consider her part of the club. And it's so much fun to see that because the way she handles herself, she seems, uh, and she's just an Iowa girl, right? She's a central Iowa girl. And she's, 
I mean, she's breaking the world. It's it's so much fun. It's again, she's a transcendent star. She's becoming one of the biggest figures in women's basketball history, not just at the University of Iowa, not just women's college basketball, women's basketball history. And the story is just starting to be written with Caitlin Clark. She's a junior. She's a junior with an entire uh, junior season, postseason to go, an entire senior season, potentially an entire uh, super senior season, and then an entire NBA career, not to mention things like Olympics, things like overseas playing. Uh, And then, you know, who knows, a broadcast career or whatever after that. I mean, she is going to have uh, an impact on on women's basketball, on women's athletics, and on basketball in general for decades. She plays the game differently, and, and that's hard for some to swallow because she does it with passion. She does it with swagger. She does it in a way that, that men have done for years and years, and it's hard for some people to swallow, but it makes it so exciting. It makes it so much fun to watch. It makes you... If you turn into a Caitlin Clark game, it's not long before you you you. There's just there's no qualifier for it, right? You don't have to say she's a great women's basketball player or she makes this women's game exciting. Tune into a Caitlin Clark game. It's exciting. It's great basketball. She makes it exciting. Period. It's fun to watch. It's entertaining. It's high quality basketball. She talked on the Dan Patrick Show. Another just kind of cool thing. She I don't, I don't know. I don't know how many women's college basketball players have ever appeared on the Dan Patrick show. I doubt she's the first, but I bet it's fewer than five. And uh, for her to be on that show earlier today uh, was great. And she talked about, you know, potentially coming back for a fifth year. And why wouldn't she? She's making a lot of money off NIL. Uh, She's doing things uh, for the college game that, that make her a star and at this point, women's college basketball is probably a bigger thing in, in the overall sports landscape than the WNBA is. Now, that'll probably change as these women who are doing this for college basketball continue to graduate and move into the WNBA and elevate that league even more, not just in how they play and style of play and excitement of play, but in star power and in marketing. And the WNBA needs to really kind of start thinking about how they're going to market these women because they're about to get a big influx of talent who have a a big uh, pre-existing fan base and they need to capitalize on that. Uh, but if you're Caitlin Clark, yeah, you do consider it. Now, she gave the perfect answer. She knows she's coming back next year. She's not even going to think about the year after that for a long time. So she's not going to get that question a whole bunch. She'll start getting it next year. And, uh, and man, we could be so lucky to have Caitlin Clark for two more full seasons. We'll take whatever we can get, though. And, uh, and hopefully we get more games uh, like, like we just saw yet this season. Hopefully we, get, hopefully we get more moments like we just saw yet this season. And... Uh, Man, it's just awesome. It's awesome to be a Hawkeye. It's awesome to be a fan of Caitlin Clark. And uh, it's so cool to see. You know, my daughter's three. She doesn't really understand. My son is seven, and he's really starting to understand sports. He's really starting to like sports on a different level than he did when he was five, and he just kind of liked the Hawkeyes like my daughter does. You know, she's, she yells, go Hawks, and then she, you know, goes back to playing with her Legos. My son is watching the games now. He's being influenced by this. Uh, these are the the kind of pivotal moments in his sports fandom career uh, that, that set things in stone for the rest of his life. And he is as mesmerized by Caitlin Clark as anybody. Uh, he's as big of a Caitlin Clark fan as he is uh, more so than he is, you know, a Chris Murray or a Tony Perkins or a Patrick or Connor McCaffrey fan. 
it's really, really cool. And here's to it continuing for as long as possible. We'll have the entire tournament covered, obviously, at HawkeyeNation.com. The men with a big game at Indiana tomorrow night. Uh, certainly a, a tough, tough ta- challenge for the men. A tall task. Uh, but if you want to get in that top four, you want to prove something, maybe the momentum you gained uh, with that comeback win over Michigan State carries over into Assembly Hall, uh, which is always a terrible place to play. Um, hopefully the men can can at least not get embarrassed Tuesday night, and who knows, maybe pull one out, and then you get Nebraska at home to, to wrap up the regular season. And before long, we'll be talking about the men's Big Ten tournament and NCAA tournament, and uh, away we go. March is just around the corner, baby. Let's do it. I appreciate you listening. Check out all of our great coverage at HawkeyeNation.com. And go Hawks.